not look at you, and I. Um, Is there a doctor in the house? Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I am so happy to be here. I just want to talk to you for a minute because I need some help myself. First of all, I want to say thanks to everybody who came to that fucking rocking, rocking uh, Radio Free Brooklyn party uh, last Saturday. Uh, I was there. Uh, I saw some of you, but it was fucking killer. I mean, those people are awesome. I'm so, so it, you know, it's the greatest group of people ever, I think. Um, much better than my own family, I'll tell you that much. So uh, I had a little, a little angst this week, and I just want to tell you, I, uh, I got this dog. Uh, I work with a dog rescue, Waggy Tail, and uh, I thought it'd be really awesome because I had a chance to, yes, pick up a dog from David Cross, the comedian. So he, he was really sweet and helped take a dog cross-country from L.A. to New York. So I went to pick him up, and I was going to foster him for the dog, Harvey, um, named after a boyfriend of mine from high school, and uh, coincidentally. And so I thought I would just take him home and hang with him for a few days until somebody came came that really like had a much bigger vision of him his life with them and anyway uh don't usually do this but uh had to tie the dog up very very briefly and when it came back it was gone man it was gone that totally blew my mind have you ever lost a dog it totally blew my mind blew my fucking mind so anyway, uh, the dog was luckily gone less than 24 hours, and uh, this, through the Waggy Tail website, it got back. But I just want you to know, like, if that ever happens to you, it's fucking intense, okay? Like, don't think, like, you're making too much of a big deal about it, because I don't think that's possible. But uh, And a lot of things slipped through the cracks, like getting the artist, the amazing artist that I have on today, Rebecca Goyette. Hi, Rebecca. Say hi. Uh, like one of the things that slipped through the cracks was I didn't get you the address of the studio right away, right? Did you notice that? No. No, you know, you're not even thinking about it, but I feel bad. See, that's how I am. Those kind of shit bothers me. Um, so I just want to tell you, so Rebecca Goya, you're our guest today, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyway, I'm super, super excited to have Rebecca on the show. Um, she's got something really unusual. She's got, she's had, she, her work is really unusual, weird, and fantastic and fabulous. And she just came back from, um, the Miami, uh, art fairs and she had a showing of one of her, uh, of her latest work which is like a 40-minute video that she's going to talk to you about. But I just wanted to say um, how I met Rebecca initially was in 2009 when she was getting her master's degree. I think it was her thesis show or a studio, some kind of open studios at SVA. And before I even met her, I was like, whose fucking work is this? I had never seen anything like it. And it was so simple and so brilliant and so perfectly executed and it was kind of the way that I remember it, correct me if I'm wrong, which I'm sure I am, but it was like a mass-produced, handmade, like like meaning like multiples, handmade uh, clay figures of witches, mm-hmm. like from the old day, from like classic witches. 
and pilgrims, right? Right. That was actually uh, Gallows Hill Playground, an installation that I made about the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah. I mean, I'd never seen anything like that. So um, Rebecca has has created some incredible work, which is way – you must look it up. You must look it up. Well, we'll post her website. Um, you must look it up because it's way too diverse. It involves a lot of sewing. It involves a lot of clay, handmade things, and it also has um, really – grown, and I'm going to say grown and evolved into some very, very fabulous and complex videos. So Rebecca is going to describe her project so you can understand it. And then we're going to talk about um, her feelings about it and how it affected her emotionally because, I mean, even before she came on here today, part of the reason I invited her on today was because I got the feeling of I mean, I could just see from um, the posts that she put up and about her and what was written about her in Miami that it was a really personally, emotionally powerful experience for her. Is that right, Rebecca? Absolutely. So I really want to hear about that, and I'm excited that we're going to get to all share this and hear about it together. But first, we have to understand the project enough to understand Rebecca's you know, experience. So explain your project, lady. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, so it's it's interesting that I, I didn't realize that that was the installation that you first met me in was when I made the ceramic clay village dedicated to the Salem witch trials. I had made that piece after discovering that I was a descendant of Rebecca Nurse, who was hanged as a Salem witch. My aunt had done some genealogy research. Um, after I did the clay village, I spent about a year making all the ceramic pieces, and I even made moving um, parts to it, like a hanging tree with a ceramic woman that would move. Um, and I, But then I started to perform in the installation. I, I think I got a little stagnated by the objects, and I, I felt I needed to perform. So, Wait, I want to ask you a feeling question. First of all, I should just say that Rebecca has um, – a huge character by nature. She just she just does. She's really smart and really verbal and really funny and really charismatic. So if you meet her in person, if you don't know her, um, she has she definitely has she has no choice. She definitely has to perform, even though she makes great stuff. But I wanted to know how did you feel when you first found out that you were related to um, a witch? Well, in fact, she were you surprised? Well, I was, but technically she wasn't really a witch. She was accused of witchcraft and she was hanged. And I think that when I started to really research the history, the history was so psychosexual during that time frame. And it really explains so much about who we are as people in this country if you really study what was going on in the Salem Witch Trial era. So um, – I was surprised, yes, but then it made total sense with the rest of my work because all of my work has to do with sexuality. It always has. And maybe to the point where I didn't even really understand why. Like even when I was 14 years old, I was obsessively drawing prostitutes under the school desk every day. Like I just couldn't stop mm. drawing them. I even made my my little friend draw them with me. I mean it was – Crazy. I wish I'd known you then. So, <laughs> so, um, so you would so you would say that it made sense to you as far as like who you were as a person at the time. Like it kind of really like struck struck a chord in you. But but you had no indication beforehand that this was the history of your family whatsoever. That was a total shock. Was yeah. it a shock? 
I mean, my my aunt is really into American history, and then one day she decided to do genealogy research, and and she was the one to find out. And um, mm-hmm. we're all fascinated. New Englanders are so we we are history perverts. Well, you all knew that us, you probably you know? knew that your family your family came over on an early ship or something. Though, yeah, I knew I knew that part of my family, ha- you know, had a, a, Purit- a long history. Yeah, long history. Oh, you knew you were part of the Puritans. Puritans. So anyway, so the Puritans are all about sex is what we're learning here. Um, so go ahead. I interrupted you. No, it's okay. Um, after, after I completed that project, I took a step back from dealing with the Salem witch trials uh, directly, and I actually made a series of lobster pornos. And mm-hmm. that, the lobster character actually came out of my research from Salem, too, because basically back in the day— um, they considered lobster a really suspicious food. When the pilgrims learned how to eat that from the Native Americans, they were like, what is that? Like, that's horrible, you know? And um, so that got me thinking about lobster, and I read about how lobsters had sex. So I had a really great time making all of these lobster pornos. I probably will make more of them at some point. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's an improvisational process that I've been using making these videos, and uh, I get people who are not so familiar with my process usually to um, to perform these sort of sex acts in costume with me. Like one of them you made at a tiny, tiny residency in Greece, right? That's true. That was fascinating. I remember that very well. Yeah, lobster puss, lobster pussy. So I, great. These I came back have... with my, my lobster puss baby. I did it with an octopus instead. Yeah, and you prepared all <laughs> these costumes and everything and just went and made something like phenomenal happen. It was – that was – Amazing to uh, see the video and hear about. Okay. So, you know, so that process has been really amazing. I've traveled all over the place making making those films. Um, and I got good at putting these films together. They've become more, more and more cinematic. So um, this past year, I decided to tackle the Salem witch history in video form. It was my dream even since 2009. I kept thinking about, oh, God, I want to do that one day, but I didn't feel ready. And this past year, I really felt ready to tackle the subject um, with my full performance self. And I'm really glad that I, you know, that I pursued it because it's been really emotionally challenging, but very fruitful for me. Um, I'm really excited for everybody to see it here in New York. It was really fun to share it in Miami. But um it was very different working with the symbolism of, of death. I, were, I did a hanging scene, um, and we can talk about all of that, but it was um, really emotional. Yeah. I mean, um, I totally got that feeling even just through the superficiality of the internets. But uh, just describe – can you describe like with the video – why don't you describe like the plot of the video okay. and then um, – Maybe just mention briefly, like, where you shot it and what was involved in the shooting of it. Okay, cool. Yeah, so um, basically I had done a research trip to Salem, and I met um, some modern-day witches. And they all happened to be men, feminist men, really cool. Um, And I got the impression that basically Salem these days is there's a lot of modern witches living there who consider it really hallowed ground. And and I feel as though they're there to really defend the practice of witchcraft, to differentiate it from the witch trial period, which is really not all about witchcraft. It's more about suspicion. Um, 
And I and they really have a whole tourist industry that based upon um, historical reenactment theaters and tarot card reading and um, witchcraft tours. There's the one of the people I met was Tom, the tour guide who gives um, tours of Salem, comparing the history of the witch trials versus what is modern witchcraft. Um, so that inspired me to think about what kind of character I could come up with. So basically. I created a character, Ghost Bitch, who is a modern-day witch who has two two freelance jobs. The, uh, the day job is that I perform um, the witch trial scene as an aerial show. So basically every day I get hanged by Puritans, and my ghost comes flying out of my dead body as a an amazing aerialist doing an aerial act. So, Rebecca, it sounds like um, you were sort of like imagining what your, you know, what a direct line to your great, your your relative, ancestor. your grandma, your ancestor. Thank you. What what she would have been doing, or you know, if she had been alive today, or maybe what you would have been doing if you had stayed closer to that family, or if things had evolved more directly, right? And that maybe it always exists in you anyway, just sort of, you know, by the nature of heredity or something. Does that make any yeah. sense? Yeah, I think I was I was trying to come up with a way that I could connect more with Rebecca Nurse. And, and by doing the, the hanging scene myself, I felt like maybe I could connect to her spirit in a more direct way because mm-hmm. I would physically put myself through the act of being mm-hmm. hanged. Obviously not really hanged, but... I mean, I was suspended um, by a harness, but also by a 30-foot rope that was just um, placed over a pipe 30 feet above my head. And that rope was very thick, and it was tied tightly around my neck. So if I was, like, pushed too far in the wrong direction, that whole rope could have fallen down. So this is for the shoot, right? Yeah. So wait, so go over Uh, briefly what happened on the shoot. Where did you shoot? Just did... In one location or I I mean I I don't know if yeah, we I started to get into the details Sorry. of that, but like maybe let, I'll go through the overview of the oh, film. Oh, okay. Maybe that's oh, better. Oh, okay. Um so then basically I shot the first scene here in Brooklyn at an aerial theater, which just actually happened to be owned by a woman from Salem. <laughs> um, that's interesting. Yeah, who is a practicing witch. It's amazing. That's really but interesting. I, yeah, it's, whatever. It all came together. It was amazing. Did you do any of the aerial stunts yourself? Yes. Oh, yes. wow. Did you have to do training for that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so I shot that scene first because I knew that that would create the emotional framework for whatever else I was going to do. Right. And then... I had plans to do shooting in Salem over the summer, which I did. I, I was there for a couple weeks shooting in Salem with the modern witches that I had met. And also I brought um, a woman who's in, in a witch group from Brooklyn, Jenny Bloom, oh. um, that I have joined. So I, I joined a group, mm-hmm. Moon Church, in the past year and mm-hmm. have been practicing with them and learning the craft myself. Wow. Yeah. So, there, so there's been a lot of research that has gone into this. Mm. Um but uh, when we took our trip and we did shooting in Salem, um, and then I came back. How and many I, people did you go with or how many people were involved I, in the shoot? I brought one person with me and I, I had, 
I had the male witches, and then I had a whole group of um, men and women from uh, Montserrat Art College. I, I contacted oh, the college. Wow. I contacted them because they're an art school close by to Salem, and I, I wanted to know if there were any there was anyone available who could either be in the film or could help wow. do the technical stuff with wow. me. And then um, I and then I had some filmmakers who helped me do the cinematography um, that I pre-planned to meet in Salem. Um, mm-hmm. One of them is going to NYU, but like lives near Salem. So he right. was there in the summer. So, mostly so I, plan, local I pre-planned people. all this. Yeah. Pre-planned with local people, but you brought one person. Yeah. And I didn't know, I didn't know exactly what we would end up creating together, but I go with a loose plan, you know, and right. I make, and I make the costumes ahead of time and I get everything ready um, for more or less, what am I going to do? Right. Um, so I already had it decided that the boys from Montserrat Art College would be pilgrims and or really not pilgrims, but they would be like my clients mm-hmm. um, because I never finished that that thought. I'm sorry. sorry. So tangent. So tangent. No, I know. It's a it's lot. Okay. It's, it's a okay. lot. No, we're um, doing this. Don't worry. The, in the daytime, I do the hanging scenes. And at night, my other freelance job is to be a ghost bitch dominatrix. Mm-hmm. And... Jenny is only a dominatrix. So she's, she was with me on the, you know, she's the one that I brought from New York from my witch group. Mm-hmm. So she didn't have to do two freelance jobs. I had to do ah. two, right? I was a submissive by day, essentially, and a dom by night. Very confusing. <laughs> um, you know, so this all played out. But so, basically, yeah, like the, the Montserrat boys were, um, were our subs, uh-huh. You know, so it's kind of like the same role, except one is totally family oriented and the other one's completely sexual, isn't it, in a way? How so? Well, like, I mean, weren't you saying that you were sort of like reenacting the uh, the witch, witch, what the witches did, the witch yeah. it, for the tourists in the daytime, right? Yeah. So that's like family friendly, right? Oh, sure. I got yeah. you. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right. I was wondering if I, I'm just trying to get it myself, really. That's all. No, no, I didn't. Okay. I just didn't understand. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so basically, there are those levels in this film a lot. So basically, like the day job would be more family friendly, and the night job stuff is is more like the private stuff that goes on behind closed hotel room doors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which was really interesting to play out because basically, um, I also had a friend, Jody Lynn Kichow, who played t- a Tichaba character. So Tichaba, back in the witch, witch trial days, was um, a slave from the Caribbean. Like the, pur- the Puritans had slaves back then, but not mm-hmm. from Africa. It was from p- mm. m- mainly Barbados and mm. other parts of That's the Caribbean. So Tichaba was one of the characters that really sparked off the witch trials. She, they really were suspicious of her because she would do rituals with the teenage girls. Like she would do things like... She would crack an egg in a bowl of water and stir it around and read the girls their fortune. And this is a sweet act, you know, to do mm-hmm. a fortune reading your, your fortune in an egg. It's innocent. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a way to connect to those teenagers. But they were super suspicious of it. And um, one, of the, one of the pilgrims, like, was abusing his wife sexually, and and Tichaba gave her a bath in an herb bath and was massaging her. The the teenage girls saw that flipped out, and it was like this, you know, 
racist. They thought they were lesbians. They were like, this is like, you know, this is two different races of women getting together. And that was considered hugely dangerous and suspicious. So I thought, okay, that's a great thing. I'm going to have the Tichiba character doing the egg rituals for tourists in Salem. So she was really playing with that sort of innocent, like she's doing this by day. We, I helped her make um, a dress out of a picnic tablecloth. It's based on something that she does in her own work anyway. Mm-hmm. But I helped her to, to make this mm-hmm. really gigantic skirt that the girls could, girls could sit around on the skirt mm. and she would read them their, their fortunes. fortunes. So that was like, a, a, you know, a very innocent form of witch, witchcraft. Right. And then I had one of the witch boys do a protection ritual for me. And that was, that, that was in my private quarters, like as ghost bitch. You know, I'm ghost bitch, the dominatrix by night and the, doing my hanging scenes by day. And I call in my friend who's a witch to give me a protection spell to help me with all the dramas that I'm having with people. And... He, you know, Demetrius Lacroix, beautiful, amazing person. He's a voodoo practitioner these days. And he's traveling back and forth between New York and Salem doing all this stuff. He did a real protection ritual on me. And wow. it was like he, he seriously said, like, if anyone goes against you in any way, immediate repercussions will come to that person. Mm. And I was like, whoa, we're getting really serious here. And it was intense for me to hear that. And I said, wow, while he was saying those those words uh, and everything else about it was so real and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, so intense, I I was saying to myself, "Um, yeah, and when they get this bad thing happening to them, it'll be like the Three Stooges where they're going to get a whipped cream pie in the face. (laughs) Because that was like my catchphrase, like in my mind. I was like, no, no, we can't have anything too bad happen, you know? (laughs) That's so funny. So, so, so it really like, um, like I'm sure it does for some, you know, in a lot of well made filmmaking, it's sort of like once you got into doing it, it felt real more than you were ready for or more than you expected, anticipated. A lot of it, yeah, a lot of it felt really real. And I tried to create all these situations that once we were in the moment, we could we could really take the ball and run with it. And, right. and I wanted the real uh, raw emotions of sure. everyone involved to come through. Um, I wanted my film to feel more like an emotional response to the Salem Witch Trials rather than um, a historically factual one. Right. You know? So I just want to ask you, when you um, had... So you had these young men, and they were being, you know, submissives, right? Mm-hmm. So, did what was that like? Did you have like, um, was it a was it a sexual thing? I mean, what was that like? I mean, it, it ran the gamut. Uh, you know, I had Jenny begin because I really felt like I, you know, I had been through a lot when I did my hanging scene. That was the mm-hmm. first thing scene I shot last mm-hmm. May. Mm-hmm. And um, so I kind of let her take the lead with the first like domination scene when we mm-hmm. got to Salem. And it was really interesting because the way she played the scene was very much about control. Mm-hmm. And it was very choreographed, even though she was improvising, it felt like it felt like choreography and it felt like very high tension. Like you never knew what was going to happen next. And, Mm -hmm. um, and in a way not much did happen. And it, it, that was so powerful. Like she kind of didn't give them anything, Mm -hmm. Um, but she had them barking like a dog on their, on their stomach. Mm -hmm. She had them tied up. She, she had them in a a black leather S and M mask. And Mm -hmm. and it was all like really psychological and it Mm -hmm. was sexy 
mm-hmm. it was really sexy and um and she did one in the woods too and she had you know she had one of the men licking her extra teats in the woods like we, mm-hmm. both of us like really got these guys to do pet play we were treating the guys like they were our dog right you know? right and also you had told me earlier that one of the things that they believed about witches is that they had extra teats mhm um, nipples all over their body that uh, the Puritans believe that about witches. So I just want to get that yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so, and in that's our, what you're talking about. Yeah, it's interesting. In, in our, and I'll give you a picture of that to post on the website too, because cool. I created these um, costumes that were like see-through Puritan suits that had extra nipples all over them that I made mm. out of baby bottles, uh, baby bottle nipples. Oh, that's and, um, funny. And so basically, yeah, they, the Puritans thought if you were a witch, you had these extra teats that your animal familiars would suck off of. And the animal familiar was like the the devil reincarnated in animal form. So was there like any kind of real sexual tension or was there real like with the uh, boys from um, Montserrat? Yeah, like did – I mean not that – I mean all your work has a sense of humor and, and fun to it. But I mean was it like – well, awkward's not part of your vocabulary, but like, no, no, it, it gets yeah. Things can was, get. Things was can it get intense heated. like that? Yeah. Was it yeah. sexy? Yeah, it was sexy. You know, um, um, did they find it sexy, or were they? How did they respond? They weren't. Pre- yeah, I I really think they did. You know, and it it, mm-hmm. it was um it was interesting because, um, the two guys that were working with Jenny um were really close friends. And mm-hmm. and I feel I felt like they were trying to keep their guard up, but like you could just see glimmers of them like not really with their guard up. And, um, <laughs> and it was cool. Well, it was... Lo- is that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they had their guard up. <laughs> you know. I, I did fun. I worked on my my domination routine and I, I was actually trying to protect myself from it being too sexual. And then thought of all these props, and I, I got like the dog leash. I got all. Mm-hmm. I got a dog bowl, and then I thought, well, I'm gonna have my guy eating radishes out of the dog bowl. And um, because there was a red carpet in the room that we were shooting in, and I thought, well, it would be really interesting if he was eating strawberries. And then I was like, what am I doing? I can't stain the carpet at this place I'm staying. At. You know, like um. So I thought, oh, radishes, because it won't stay in the carpet. And I'm just like, it didn't really. It was so weird because I was trying to keep myself protected in a way Mm -hmm. and and it kind of like didn't come across too well to make somebody eat radishes for so long it's not really pleasant Mm -hmm. um so but that was what made it a domination um Mm -hmm. and that you know that was like sort of difficult to go through in a certain way because um you know it it just caused a a lot of odd tension what do you Uh, what do you mean like I mean, I don't think that, you know, he knew what he was getting into. And then I think that, you know, I gave him a safe word, aliens, and he didn't really use it. And, uh, you know, that was like, that was hard for me and it, and him. But I didn't Meaning know. Meaning like you were asking him to do stuff and at a certain point you couldn't, you were totally open to him saying no. Yeah, I was. But um, at a certain point, it sounds like you couldn't tell whether he was trying to do the job or and he, whether he wanted to say no and just couldn't or whatever, didn't yeah. know how, wasn't, was afraid to or whatever. Yeah. Is that what it, is that what happened? Yeah. In that case, I feel like he was kind of a, a quiet person and um, I mm-hmm. just couldn't, I just didn't, I misread him because mm-hmm. I'm very like, you know, you know me, well, I'm very outgoing and I, yeah. you know. And you told him and he, yeah. he just couldn't take care of himself, I guess. Did he get upset at some point or little, something? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Can you tell us? I mean, 
You, you took advantage of a poor young college student. <laughs> no. I want to hear about this. No, no, no. I know you, Rebecca. No. Rebecca, you are a really kind-hearted person, and you obviously didn't mean to whatever happened. But no. what, what happened? I mean, just report on it. I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that, you we're, know. We're all learning, by the way, and he is too yeah. out there. We're yeah. all learning, so. He, he said that he had done pet play before and that um, – and he was used to being the dominating one. And I, he really did feel embarrassed, you know. And, um, mm-hmm. and I, just didn't, I just didn't pick up on it. Uh, so enough. he said this to you later or yeah, yeah. like after the yeah. shoot was done yeah. and stuff like that? And did you wind up feeling bad about that or something? Or? I did. So I had, to, I had to kind of get past that. Um, you mean it really affected you that you felt bad? Yeah. It, yeah, it put it like a, 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 I know. No, I'm not surprised. Yeah. You're a very sensitive person. Yeah. Um, and, and extremely well-meaning and generous. So I'm not, but you know, this is what happens when we all do things that take risks. I've been in your, your shoes. I've offended people by accident many times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do. I think performance art is just naturally so nudgy. I mean, you can feel that sometimes when you're even performing live and you can, cross somebody's comfort zone yeah i'm sure there are people too. that when they leave the studio that after talking to me or fucking hate me or pissed off any not hate but they're probably pissed off that they said whatever they said even though i didn't you know i'm i'm very protective of my guests but i'm sure it happens yeah it happens all the time with in those with yeah. all of us in those situations by and, accident or and maybe, however maybe even more dramatic was the hanging scene yeah you know? so i want to um just say um, because it's the bottom of the hour. So I just want to let everybody know that they're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, which is the greatest radio station in the Western Hemisphere. Absolutely. I've listened to all of them. And my guest today on Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit is artist and performer and videographer Rebecca Goyette. And we're talking about her experience um, recreating creating her, her, her video um, – Ghost bitch arise from the gallows, um, and that just re- that just played recently at uh, the art fairs in Miami. So um, go ahead. So it seems like the thing that affected you most is the 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 um, hanging scene, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what that experience was really heavy or intense or whatever? Yeah, yeah. So let's hear about that. So I decided. So like I said, that, that was the first scene in May. Yeah. Yeah, and I sh- and I shot that with a live studio audience. I, I wow. guess I guess about thirty people came. Really? It was amazing turnout. Like you know, I had wow. friends come from all over the place. I wow, mean, that's awesome. You know, one one of them that it just made I always think about is that one of my friends came all the way from Newark, New Jersey, for the, to see this. And she surprised. had, she but she had a first date with her, oh. and it was like so. Then when this whole fiasco went down, I mean, I could just only imagine like being on a first date. Like, let's go to a hanging scene for the first date, or so, I mean, for, forgive me if it wasn't a date; it might have been a friendship thing. But it was like one of the first times that she hung out with this person, and I'm That's, like, wow, wow, that that could go in a bunch of ways, but. But I like her just knowing that. I think it's cool. Yeah. But yeah, so many people came to support. And, and it was in Brooklyn? In in Williamsburg, yeah. yeah. Like where okay. I live. Near, yeah. Really near to yeah. where I live. Um, at Big Skyworks. Okay. Amazing yes. aerialist yes. uh, theater. Yes. So 
it, you know, so I got everything ready for this shoot. I did train. I had, you know, a professional aerialist doing the real, the real stunts, the really, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. intricate stuff. Mm-hmm. But I needed to learn how to be suspended there for a while in my harness. Mm-hmm. I got ready for it. It was awesome. Was it physically frightening or challenging? Like, was it really hard to do? A or little bit. Scary but then, uh, but I, but once During I got training? comfortable, yeah, once I got comfortable in the harness, I felt really, I felt really secure with that. I think mm-hmm. I was more nudgy about that rope, how heavy the rope was. It was a thick rope mm-hmm. and it was like suspended 30 feet above my head, hanging over a pipe that it wasn't tied to the pipe because if anything went wrong, it could, the whole rope can fall down. And I'm like, gee, that seems like that's really heavy. Right. That could hang me from so, the other direction. So you were recreating, reenacting a hanging scene. Mm-hmm. And to the, to the, when you watch the video, it would seem like you were being hanged. Yeah. To create that impression. But there's ropes or poli- something. Yeah. Or I mean, it was something it was, holding you. A harness, you said. Yes. It was recreated to to be like you were watching an aerial show, you mm-hmm. know. So so not like totally – it didn't have to be totally real. But, right. you, yeah, you're watching an aerial show of the witch trial hangings. Right. So I had three – White male painters. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, playing the pilgrims who were my hanging squad. And then I, I just went right into the scene where they they were fighting me down and then getting me um, on a chair. And then they were going to put the rope around my neck and hang mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one point, what I had to stop the action because it's a video shoot, you know, and have the, um, the rigger put my harness on. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, and then I would be ready for them to put the noose on me. Right. So one of the gentlemen suggested, oh, why don't we just film the scene of me putting the noose around your neck without the harness? Because that would look more realistic. And then once I tighten it on you, um, we can put the harness on later. And Mm -hmm. that wasn't the order of things that we were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And um, he just got really belligerent about it. And, like, Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And Mm -hmm. then... And then it, it and and I was getting like really beat up by these guys too, and I I, I just started beat, taking a fit like when mean, they tried. What do you mean be, beaten up? Like they were meaning t- they trying were, to control the situation or being rough with you? What do no, you mean? being rough with me. Like they oh, were being really? rough with me because they were getting me onto the hanging oh. chair, and it was like and you know and uh, it, they I got into the roles as the pilgrims. Yes, oh. especially one of them. And ah. I just was like, no, I'm not. This is my shoot. Like, this is too much. You know, there's right. a line that, you know, that you're crossing that is making me feel nervous, you know. Right. So uh, so this, the fact that I broke that fourth wall, like, felt right at that moment. I know it was a very right thing to do at that moment. And, that, and, I, and it also added to this drama for the studio audience that they were like, what is real? What is not real? <laughs> it became, like, really strange. So... Wait, I'm sorry to interrupt you again. Did you throw a fit? Yeah. So can you describe that? Um, you know, I, I said, no fucking way. I'm not fucking doing that. Like, and then I, I you know, I was screaming. I, I bit him at some point, you know, I mean, and it's like, I was just like, no. So you made a scene, really? I made a scene. And I actually, and, and I'm not going to say that I'm grateful for it at the same time, even right. though it was really difficult to go through it. Like, I just w- took the ball and ran with it. Like, I was like, if I were being hanged. I would fight like a motherfucker. Like, that's how I felt about it. I was like, I would not be taking it lightly. I would not be crying and simpering. I would kick them in the balls. And that's what I did. You Literally? Know? 
Yeah. I mean, you I was literally like, kicked the guy in the balls. Yeah, I was like, no. literally. Wow. No, I'm not like I'm not here for that is like what. I, and I know that there were some women in the witch trials like Bridget Bishop, the first woman hanged was like that. She was belligerent. And that's and I realized like that's more my character, you know, so. So 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 totally unexpectedly for you and everybody, this kind of erupted into like a physical and emotionally uh, aggressive. Supercharged. Wow. So was every. What, what what was the atmosphere in the room like? So then the whole room started popping off. So then basically, Me. like, all these outside fights started to occur. Like, um, another friend who's a performance artist was there in her costume. She's African-American. And um, another gentleman who's a performance artist as well, he's also a person of color, called her a nigger. And no, I'm like, no, it's, it's not. I mean, it's not even funny. It's like horrible. I mean, it was like, no, and, and, and grabbed her crotch. And, you know, she had like a sexual, but strange, funky, like sexual, if you're Barney costume on. I mean, and a hot right, pink. Right. And it was no way trying to ask for any kind of this right, attention, right. you know. And it, he started getting belligerent with her. And then. The gentleman who was hanging me reacted to that, and I didn't hear, quite hear what, what he said. So he said, stop, stop that man. There's no using the N-word in here. And I go, whoa, whoa, what's going on? And I was like, everybody calm down. Now I'm actually suspended, and I am talking to this gentleman who used the N-word. And I said, you know what? You're my fellow performance artist. You need to chill out right now. I just spent a lot of money on this shoot. It's a video shoot. I appreciate everybody's participation, but we got to calm this down. I need to get this done. (laughs) Wow. And he said, well, you're not going home starving tonight. He said, you're a racist too, and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Everyone started popping off. And one of my characters who was, like, in a spacesuit, he's playing this android who's watching from the audience, and he's also black. He... Had to bounce that guy. He had to get him wow, out of there because really? it got it got weird. It got kind of violent. And I said, "Wow, I'm like we are reenacting American history from the Puritan times on through the Civil War right now." Like my audience was wow. affected. I really believe that my whole audience wow. was affected by the image of a hanging scene. Wow. And there was even there were people even talking about lynching in the audience, and it was it wow. was triggering everyone. And so all I have to say is that I don't even blame any particular person for their actions in that scene. I think we all had an emotional reaction to the hanging scene. And I think that maybe that's a good thing in a, in a sense that we're not comfortable with that. Like the fact that there that hangings have been made a public spectacle throughout history is really crazy morbid shit. Like who wants to sit in an audience watching somebody get hanged. And yet we're titillated by these things as humanity is so super strange. Yeah. You know, so the power dynamics of people getting titillated by a hanging was happening. Well, I love, I love, um, you know, I mean, one of the things that I love is how your work, how that project or how that, certainly that scene, like it crossed over, like is it your life or is it your work? And it really, there really is no answer there. It's all of that. Yeah. I mean, and um, I think, I think it's just amazing how people probably really, I think you were affected. I think everybody there was affected. It's affecting to hear about it. It makes so much sense that um, it would, 
you know, inflame people, even though I'm sure you didn't, you didn't expect it, right? As a director of the films that I make, I have such a loose structure on purpose so that I can have people bring something of themselves to the table. Sure. It's always been very psychological whenever I made a film. And then to do that with a scene that involves death, it, it, you know, I was just taking on more than I ever had. And, right. um and so, so cool, it was man. it was really not apparent to me how to deal with the emotions of everyone in that room. Um, but it's strange how a lot of the people who were in that room have become closer friends to me or have further involved themselves in the process of making the film, I bet. which is so interesting. So two of the women who were watching in the audience, Jody Lynn Kichow and Irina Jurek, ended up being in the film later. So I asked I asked Jody to play the Tichibut character. And I think she was comfortable to do so after having seen the hanging scene because she already felt invested. Right. Ah. She was just in the audience in right. the scene, you know? Right. And then um and then Irina kept chiming in and saying that she wouldn't mind playing a Puritan at some point. And I, I always try to listen to people when they're saying that they want to be in one of my films because I think that that's a really – that's the most super important thing is, like, to have somebody excited. Um, so I was like, hey, you know what, Irina, I'm doing one final scene upstate New York, and it would be awesome if you would play a pilgrim. And so she did, and she played the most hysterical pilgrim. Like, she was a screamer. And a really crazy one. And so she kind of embodied, like, that stereotype of the female hysteric when she played her part. Oh, wow. Which so, was amazing. And maybe she got that from I was screaming my head off in the, in the um, <laughs> you know, in the hanging scene. But her, her screams were different. It was mm. more, you know, her screams were on a different psychosexual level. So it was really interesting. Wow. So do you, do, do, did you, how much of that did you use in your final film? I used I, I used everything. Um, I even used little tidbits of some of the breaking of the fourth wall in the in the hanging scene. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. I How did. much like do you have people using the N word? That argument? No, uh, I, ha- I haven't found a way to really weave that in, right. and I'm not sure whether. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure yet what that footage will where what to do with that footage. Sure. That little bit of footage. It doesn't feel like. It didn't feel productive, in a right, sense, right. to add at that right. point. I played around with it, though. Or like when the guy was yelling, yelling. That I did. Oh, okay. And then I also, I also, you know, was doing, I guess, what somebody dubbed hang-up comedy. <laughs> when, when I was in between scenes, I started to do, like, stand-up comedy routine while I was hanging from the rope. And uh, oh, I included hilarious. some of that, too. Yeah, because uh, somebody was like, someone in the audience was like, oh, this is hang-up comedy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. So I, when I looked through the footage and I was looking for those kind of tidbits, that really struck me as funny that I was like, I guess that, you know, I think I am that person who would be laughing at a funeral in a sense. I mean, it was right. like I went through every emotion during that shoot. Like I was screaming my head off. I was I was out of control. Like I just felt totally out of control of the situation. And then there were times where I was just laughing my ass off because I was just like this. There's no way out of this but through it. Yeah, you know? I can I can uh, I can see how it would be, you know, hard to figure out which to leave in and which to leave out and not just to be like you know, drawn into like, well, this was just powerful in the moment, but maybe, you know, there would be like, the, does it fit the film? I totally see like you don't want to distract from the 
film. You, you, you know, when you, when you see the film, you'll see that I dealt with what that hanging scene really was mm-hmm. within the film. Sounds there is like a, it. The psychology of what happened in that first shoot is part of my character. But, but it's also like every scene is infused with the energy of that first scene. So, mm. you know, so even when you don't hear exactly what happened, the energy mm-hmm. is felt. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the string of having Jody and Irina go through the ending part of the film. Oh, and Android and my Android character, Andre Terrell. Mm-hmm. They are in the tidbits of the rest of the movie mm-hmm. and um, they were there for that hanging too. So I think that the, the, the crew of people that I was working with had felt and experienced this whole thing together. And the person who did the soundtrack work for the film, Ella Joyce Buckley, was shooting the scene of the hanging scene. Ah. So she's a really amazing cinematographer So, and musician. So in the end, the sounds that she added to what I was doing ah. were so amazing and oh, so well felt yeah. because she had been there and experienced that. So right. I think, you know, all of it came together. So, mm-hmm. How long was that scene? Like how long was the audience there? Was it like an hour, two hours, a half an hour? I would say that the audience was there for two hours, well, and I and in the end, I I get like five minutes of footage um, yeah, that I'm well, using in the film, you know. But it's like powerful. I I use that footage as like the opening of the film, and it's like I, you go right into the hysteria. Right. So um, how um how did so we wanted to talk about your feelings about this scene. So how did it feel? How's it affecting you now? And how did it affect you at the moment? Um. One one strange psychological thing is that even before I did the hanging scene, my neck started to hurt. Hmm. And honestly, it still is. Hmm. It's like I have never had like little creaky neck problem, but mm-hmm. like I have had a stiff neck and hmm. I feel like I've, hold, I've held a lot of my stress in my neck um, from that scene. I mean, there was something um, very visceral viscerally connecting to my, mm-hmm. me to my ancestor. Um, and I do feel, I do feel there's a psychology there to the, to the hurt neck. Um, I've been doing like acupuncture and yoga and mm-hmm. stuff like that, trying to uh, sub- get it to subside. Right. Um, in terms of how I proceeded with the rest of the film, I just really worked harder to make sure that every shoot was more grounded mm. and that, there was an awareness around what we were doing, and still, and still, there were those slippages of like you know that people don't. It's interesting that you use the word slippages. What does that mean to you? Because I wouldn't necessarily think that way. Well, I just feel that you know when when it's working in a way that feels fluid and fun, even though we can get into some pretty scary psychological territory, mm-hmm. is when everybody. Um, feels good afterwards, you know, and it feels like really productive and and and, and in- mm-hmm. inclusive. And then you know, and then there's going to be times when not every person is understanding the dynamic of that. But like when I did the last scene in um, Walton in upstate New York, my crew, I had hmm, five people in the scene, mm-hmm. and maybe six, six of us, we got along so well, and we were playing together so well that we were able to go pretty far into our psychologies. Right. And it was really a nice ending to all the filming because it felt like everybody was on the same page and it wasn't, 
it wasn't contentious in any way. Right. So and, and that's what I would prefer and that's what I, but I don't I don't regret that hanging scene. Right. So it so obviously what you're saying is there was a lot of contention. It wasn't just like flare-ups. It was people really feeling like how did how did like were you were you like I guess I'm trying to really understand or imagine how you might have felt like maybe after the whole right after the whole scene was over did you feel like that was a shit show. Oh my God, what happened? Or did you, were you just confused? Were you trying to process it? Were you thinking, I've got some great stuff. I hope people don't hate each other. Like, yeah, what, what am I, yeah. I'm trying to like, mm-hmm. trying to really understand how you felt about, like, was it, was it like kind of a happy moment or like a, wow, that was great. Or like, what, what, what no, was it? No, I mean, it? of course it or didn't feel, that. no, 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 of course it does not feel great if you have a conflict on your set. It never is going to feel good. But uh, I did feel that the reaction that I had was really so visceral and so exactly what I would feel if somebody were trying to hang me in the witch trial era, um, that I was happy with my performance and I was happy with how the performances came across on camera from everyone. Um, but you know, how do we get there? Like, could there be a better way? You know, mm-hmm. um, I say, of course there can be because so, that's not, I mean, I, I didn't want like people feeling traumatized. Like one of the, I had two filmers and the other filmer felt very triggered by it. And, um, what, did, what do you mean? Very well. Like what, what happened? No, I mean she felt very triggered by the whole situation. Just upset. And, yeah, and like also not understanding why. Like if I'm saying, well, hey, uh, I need you to shoot from this angle right now, and please, you know, and I'm like, hey, hey, come on. Like it, I couldn't get them to come near me. Like my filmers uh, were so <laughs> far away from me, but I was hanging awesome. from a rope. So I was like, can you, you know, like they wouldn't get off their cameras to come talk to me. So then I sometimes was like yelling across the room like, hey, because I was like freaking out. You know what I'm saying? So not only was there tension between me and one of the characters, but then one of the filmers felt uncomfortable about it. But in the end, we got great footage. Yeah. In the end, everyone, like that filmer too was like really proud and happy that I was able to make something of it. And um and we're we're all good to go because we communicated. Right. You know? Now it sounds really extreme. I mean, which is you know, I mean, like if you're going to be doing something, you know, if you're going to be doing something like that, you know, enacting a witch trial, I mean, you it's almost like you recreated some it's almost like you drew in some black magic or something in a way, right? It, did, it, did it doesn't feel like sound that. inappropriate or it sounds almost right, even though it's negative, you know, it, or there was a negative aspect. Let's put it that way. Well, like what I was saying before, like we were calling up the history from the Puritan times on through the Civil War. It was like our ancestry of violence was all perking to the surface, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you know, some of the people in the audience who were people of color, the, the history that they were feeling viscerally had more to do with lynching. And the people in the audience who were 
Uh, there were people in the audience who I'm sure were feeling very uncomfortable with the violence that was in the room between all the, all of us, you know, that mm-hmm. it was like, oh, this is so uncomfortable because we're not used to having to deal with that, you know, mm-hmm. and it was, so there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say also, I mean, let's just take note that you're not only the performer, you're also the director and, you know, creator, like yeah. you're in charge of everything and you're in the in the scene. You're the star of the scene. You're in control of the scene. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean I wasn't I at a certain point I was like, I'm not going to let go of the of the of the anger and the fear that I'm feeling right now because I'm gonna play this out in the character. Oh, you know, and so it cool. was very difficult to turn that faucet off in a way. And I just had to go oh, run with it. Oh, that's very cool. One of the guys was saying in the background, he said, you know, you're, you're, you keep screaming so much and, and fighting back. And he goes, you know, why can't you just act like Joan of Arc and be <laughs> elegant about this? When, you, when we start to hang you, why don't you just shut up? Wow. And I was like, because I'm not Joan of Arc, man. I'm fucking me and I'm not fucking around. I'm not, I wouldn't even be in that situation is what I realized. Because I would have been like, fuck you, you whole town. So this is like, a, this was like, you know, it's funny because that's really, so this is really great for the image of witches and women everywhere like it's like you weren't a passive witch you were you know you were you let them you know you didn't take any shit that's good yeah well my ancestor was never a witch she she was actually deemed a christian martyr a hundred years later really yeah rebecca nurse is quite famous so you don't think of her as a witch necessarily she i not only do i not think of her as a witch she wasn't a witch she wasn't a witch. no she was not a witch she was she was a puritan do you think there are real witches though there are real witches. She and was it, just not one of them. She's not a witch. Um, mm. The thing is, is that what a real witch is, is somebody who's invested in a personal relationship to ritual and to magic. Mm-hmm. And there, there were people who were practicing magic back then, and there are now. And, right. Um, but many, most of the women who were hanged had no relationship to witchcraft. It was mm. just, it was all sort of a hysteria, you know. Right. It was about female power. It was, yeah. they didn't, they felt very threatened by women and women's relationship to nature. And the, you know, the, the relationship that people have to witchcraft these days is, is very similar where it, you know, people don't understand it. And because they don't understand it, they fear it. And they, you know, right. And, right. and they fear you know, not all witches are women, which is very much a part of my film. You know, there's male right. witches in my film. But um, but I also am part of a, a group of – it's a very loosely based group, Moon Church, because I would say that um, many of the women, like, practice witchcraft very in-depth, and then other people are more interested in the group dynamic and, mm-hmm. and a fellowship of women. Mm-hmm. And maybe I would even fall under that camp more. I mean, I think mm-hmm. what I got out of it is that there was a, a, a really strong sense of um, group support amongst mm-hmm. women. Yeah. And, um, so, and an ability to share our personal experiences together. And that was really powerful. So do you identify as a witch now? Or I really, is that it just not, I really a, can't it's not say, a black and white question? I really can't say that I do. I think that what I got out of all of this is that there's um, such a – such a huge amount of ritual to my art practice. Ah. And um, and it was like, it, it became apparent, like the differences between um, 
just sort of the practice of witchcraft and the practice of my art practice. Mm. It's like it's like, well, you know, a lot of witches set up an altar, right? And the altar might contain things that um, pertain to the four directions right. and pertain to different aspects of nature and of mm-hmm. goddess worship. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my apartment and I'm like, where am I going to set up this altar? Like I kept thinking like maybe if I set up an altar, I'll really be a witch or I'll understand more about this. I am like my whole apartment is an altar. Mm -hmm. My whole Mm -hmm. apartment is an altar, Mm -hmm. you know, so and so is my studio. So I was like, okay, I don't care where this begins and ends for me. Mm -hmm. Like all of these all of these objects are power objects to me and and contain some sort of magic Mm -hmm. or some sort of I'm always infusing my objects with some sort of hope for the future or some sort of idea about what I like, what titillates me, what what I find profound uh, in terms of goddess worship of myself and of of, of women in mm. general. But it's like it's not about – witchcraft has a certain – rhyme and reason to it it ha- you know there's a lot of study well, that you could specific. do it's much more specific it's to very certain specific beliefs. and yours is and your thing sounds your what you're saying sounds much more just about you know your nature and who you are and what you what you yeah how you live but it isn't like and it's connected there's a there's a it crosses over but your thing is your thing yeah and i have such a strong connection to my art practice yeah, and to what I get out of that, and to the the magic that I create with my art, that um, in the end, you know, I have a huge respect for witchcraft, and I, right. what I love about it is the personal agency of it. It's like you can really define what it means for you mm. and your rituals that you create. If you want to cast a spell, mm. if you want to do a ritual on your own or with a group. Um, you know, you can be very specific about that mm-hmm. and you can, Interesting. you know, and, and there's a, you know, it's like creating a recipe of certain things that are put together and, and they're all put together for a certain purpose mm-hmm. that you want to put your intention out there that you want to manifest. Hmm. And we're doing that as yeah. artists all the time, too. There's just a lot of connections. Yeah, yeah. It's like almost like a group that you fit into naturally. I mean, you may not be the like the you may not be the most orthodox practitioner of it, but you do have a natural gravitation towards this group, right? Yeah, and I and I think mm-hmm. yeah, and I don't um, I I don't think it matters no. how specific I get connected to that or not. Like no. to me, it's just more about understanding myself and sure. understanding the world. Like I've really studied many religions as well mm-hmm. and I think it's really important. I really consider myself a pantheist first and foremost mm-hmm. because I'm a deeply spiritual person. Mm-hmm. I'm not an atheist by any stretch. Mm-hmm. You know, I just believe in God. So, um so we have... as a as a force. Mhm. No, it's good to know. Um makes a lot of sense. So we have two and a half minutes left. Do you cool. want to like say anything about like how this film, how how did the experience in Miami, like what about Miami? We have two minutes, so just try okay. and get it in there. Yeah. So uh, the Satellite Art Show hosted a screening for me at the at this North Beach band shell, which is mm-hmm. amazing. It was a band shell on the beach. I wow, mean, insane, like great. open air, amazing, Sounds beautiful great. sound system, beautiful picture. It was awesome. And um I was able to curate a whole show, so I called the show Extra Teats, and I invited six other um, female filmmakers to join me in the show. 
and they they showed short films and also mm-hmm. Faith Holland she was showing gifts wow. and um so and how then, did that feel when people saw your film how did how was that reaction it felt really good and you know what was really weird was when people would laugh at certain parts I knew that it was funny, but I mean, like, I really did go through a grueling process to make this film more than any other. So it was like every laugh that I heard just felt like so good. It just Uh. felt so good that like somebody could get something out of it and it wasn't making them so uncomfortable that Uh. they couldn't even laugh. You know what I mean? I was like, this is like, I just felt like really good energy. Like I felt like people really were into it. And I, I'm just like really looking forward to sharing it. In New yeah. York. Oh my God. Yeah. We can't wait to have it here. I hope soon. Um, so, Will be. so, so, has this like changed? Change? It's changed you. I mean, it could not have not changed you. It had to have changed you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it also it really opened me up to so many other aspects of myself because it was beyond just my inspection of sexuality it was it was sex death magic you know spirituality all of those things came into play in this film so wow. it was really quite a huge exploration and not nearly uh enough time to talk about it can you believe this whole hour is going to be over in like 15 seconds oh i know i'm really bummed i want to hear more <laughs> so um we'll have to um Make sure that uh, when we post this, you'll let us know when there's a screening. So, Definitely. So that we can uh, put it with your post. And maybe we'll even play, replay this, this, this session again. Awesome. That would-